Steeler fans, welcome to another episode of the Scobro Show. This is Behind the Steel Curtain Editor, Dave Schofield, coming at you Tuesday night, just after 9 o'clock Pittsburgh time. Where else is the Steelers fans? Would you rather be? And with me as always, except when he's not, is my big brother, Rich. Big bro, Sco. How's it going tonight? We're bros, we're Scos, and we're here to do a show. <laughs> that's what it is so uh hey i didn't screw up the intro this week like i did last week so that is uh, correct that that's, was that's, quite funny we're, we're already a better product than the last show so there we go you got to try to get better every show but uh hopefully you all were joining us here tonight i already see some people in the live chat people were ready to go um it's a crazy time of year because there's football on, but it's not Steelers football. We are down to three games remaining in the NFL. I can actually say that now because there is some people try to say, well, there's four, but I never wanted to count the Pro Bowl game anyway. It's not a real Pro Bowl game this year for sure. They're at least admitting it's not a real game where they're not even putting on pads. So don't have to worry about that. Uh, Rich, did you catch the action this past weekend? Did you watch most of the games? Um, I watched a few of the games. Yeah, I didn't catch them all. Um, I was well. Let's see. I only caught the end of the first game Saturday. End of the first game Saturday. I'm trying to remember. Uh, that was Jacksonville, Kansas City. I caught most of that one. Pretty much all of that one. Now that I think of it, um, at the end of that one, watched all the late game. No, I didn't catch all that one. I was at our niece's birthday party, and I for and. I was traveling back. I had to leave to coach, to not coach, but to help to assist one Jefferson Bartholomew Hartman, who is the coach um, of my son's uh, unified basketball team, where he uh, plays with with Jeff's kids. And then was going back to our niece's birthday party and forgot to turn it on my phone until I got there. Until I got an alert that Patrick Mahomes was out with an injury, but he came back. So I watched. I'm pretty. Sure it was uh, what the second half of that game. Uh, most of the of the night game, man, I missed probably the first four or five plays of the one o'clock Saturday of the of the Bengals Bills game. I, man, what a disappointing postseason for the Bills. They didn't play very good against Miami, but they made was, it through. They didn't, and then yeah, they just they came out and did the you same thought, thing. You thought with the game with Miami, you thought, well, maybe they got that you know got play the off, off there, you know, yeah, but washed off of them. Not. So, yeah. Yeah. So honestly, after that game, I almost put it on Twitter, but I'm like, I haven't tweeted for a while. I'm not going to bother, but I was ready to say, you know what? Cause the only game left um, for this past weekend that was still going to go was San Francisco and Dallas. And after the bills lost, I said, you know, there's nobody left that I even want to win a game remaining. <laughs> Every game that's left, I pretty much want every team to lose. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. But that's how it goes for me most of the time in the NFL playoffs. Who, do, who am I left with? Like four bad choices going forward. Oh, well. It's still football. Yeah. But, you know, for me it was like I was watching the games when I had nothing else to do. I wasn't yeah. supposed to catch that first game Saturday. I actually mm -hmm. went out to do some ice fishing but the ice was sketchy and after trying to get on it and i busted through it i was like uh yeah i'm not yeah you're not that. doing that that's that's a trip not worth taking so uh Correct. that's what's going on we've got stealer news to talk about 
We've got Steeler news. I, I'm ready. I'm ready. Are you ready for it? Yes, bring it. Go ahead. The announcement. Finally, the Q has come back to Pittsburgh. Former sixth-round pick from the 2021 NFL Draft, Quincy Roche, Q from the U, the nickname I came up with minutes after he was drafted, is back on a reserve future contract with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Rich, does this signing that doesn't mean anything mean anything to you? <laughs> um, you know, the, the one thing it does mean to me was, yeah. right, We, I'm trying to remember, did he get poached when we were trying to sneak him to the practice squad? I assume the Steelers were wanting to put him on the practice squad. He didn't yeah. make the 53, and he got claimed on waivers. Right. So there must still be enough there that the Steelers are like, you know what, this guy kind of – has a chance he might still fit with what we're trying to do. What's it hurt to sign him to the reserve future contract? And yeah. So, yeah. Uh, super excited about it. No. Um, did it make sense to me? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we're going back and forth talking about different positions and this is not a, the position we were planning on talking about tonight. We, as you can see from the, from the, Title of the show, if you could see the title of the show, is that we're going to talk a little bit about cornerbacks here coming up. But, you know, maybe we could have transitioned and done this one instead. But now let's just – we'll still leave it. But you look at it, you've got T.J. Wadden outside linebacker. You've got Alex Highsmith, uh, Malik Reed, who they traded for, free agent. Uh, Jameer Jones, exclusive rights free agent. That means you bring him back on the league minimum as long as you want him. But – as someone pointed out in the comments of the article at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers, that, you know, Roche, you know, Jameer Jones doesn't even have a career sack. At least Quincy Roche does. He did in 2021 with the Giants. Now, they had him back on the practice squad this last year. But if nothing else, you've got someone that can come in and fight for a roster spot if if nothing else, you you're not left completely. Oh my goodness, the Steelers don't even have enough bodies at outside linebacker heading into to free agency than the draft. Could they still go out and sign some? Does this mean that they can't go out and sign someone at the position when free agency hits? No. Does it mean they can't draft an outside linebacker in order to come in? You know that you might want to have be that third guy, rotational guy. If the Steelers have the right person that comes to them in the draft, no. It doesn't change anything else that you could possibly want to do. It just means you've got a little bit more at the position. Yep. Yeah. So I just love the nickname. That's why I'm excited that uh... when, when I saw that <laughs> pop up, I was like, "Oh, geez, Dave's gonna be happy yeah. that we got." Yeah, and it's it's not like I think he's the, the 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 oh he's the answer to the Steelers' problems or anything. No, just. I did the breaking news podcast when he was drafted and I came and I just called him Q from the U since he was from the university of Miami and all those guys, whenever they do their intros on Sunday night football, like, like, you know, the U, you know, that they, whenever they, I'm trying to think of like, like Ed Reed, the U, you know, um, one of the, one of those things from back in the day that, uh, that, that when, when they would give their, give their announcements. Um, why do all those guys have to have deeper voices than me? I don't know. <laughs> when I, when I, terrible impersonation. But uh, that's why I came up with that one. So it's fun to talk about. The Steelers have now signed 19 players to reserve future contracts. 
There are four players that were on their practice squad this year that they did not sign yet, one of which was John LeGlue, who signed with Tennessee. The other three, um, like uh, Mark Gilbert's one, and uh, I'm trying to remember who one of the other ones. Who, who There was another significant one there. Um, they was kind of surprised the Steelers haven't signed back. Here's another thing you got to think about with some of these guys. What's better? to sign a reserve future contract with an NFL team or go check out the XFL or USFL during the off season. Yeah. Who, who knows? You know, because you sign that reserve future contract, you're not getting paid. I mean, the only thing you're getting paid is the stipend throughout training camp that players get. It's not like your contract kicks in that you sign. It's only if you make the team. So I wouldn't, I mean, if you were a practice squad guy, the Steelers like, hey, we're like, hey, I, you know, I know I'm taking a chance. I know I could get injured, but could I go get some experience playing in the USFL for a couple months and see if things will still work out later? I mean, I would kind of respect that. Honestly, chances are John McGlue would have done probably would have been pretty good off just getting some experience there, perhaps. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe they're much better off getting experience on Steelers practice. Did you want me to answer that question? Yeah, I do. About whether you're crazy? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I thought I thought you. I, I meant the question. You can answer oh. that one too. I okay. meant the question of would some of these guys be better served by? Well, the, by are playing you crazy? Them? As I've always told you, is an obvious yes. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to remember. There was some. What what was the deal? It was worked out with the XFL. When some of those guys they got early on, they aren't allowed to jump to the NFL. Yeah, that was Wasn't when that the XFL, that was when they were doing their startup and they were signing players to contracts. Um, you know, that was, you know, before, I guess that would have been fall of 2019 because it was 2020 okay. that they ended up. Because okay, as long as there's they were, like they, they were, was it which one? I, I'm getting them mixed up because XFL you was the AAF was the other one or what it was. Which one of them died because of COVID? You know, basically they, they couldn't do much because of everything with with COVID, which was the spring of 2020. Um, versus one of them just I I think the AAF just folded on its own. And then the XFL came back, and then COVID was a problem with it. But with that one, they were signing some of these marquee guys to get ready for playing that spring. And, like, one of them was Landry Jones. Because, yeah, that was fall of 2019 because the Steelers – the rumor was the Steelers checked into Landry Jones about coming in as a backup rather than Duck, and the XFL wouldn't let him out of his contract. So it's – it. I'm surprised. Yay. Thank you. The Cuda 70 said, Dave, it was XFL. Thank you. Um, it's starting to, to trigger the memory there. So, I mean, to me, I know it, someone, you know, brings up, you know, Hey, what the Steelers do? They drafted safety, Sean Davis, who's trying to, you know, catch back on in the USFL and they passed on Von Bell. Who's now, you know, one of the better safeties in the league and, still in the playoffs you know what it could have showed her those things are always going to happen but uh mm -hmm. Uh, um hindsight's always 2020 yeah 
<laughs> I'm sorry, I've read something. That is, that's very funny, Daniel J. So <laughs> that's, a, that's a good point. So let's maybe we should move on from that. So since we were trying to figure out the XFL. Uh, let's talk about cornerbacks. We said the Steelers, was there any other news that we really had to talk about? Um, the Minka Fitzpatrick was the Pro Football Writers of Association. He made their all-NFL team. Alex Highsmith made the all-AFC team. That was all from the Steelers. And there were no Steelers rookies that made the all-rookie team. That came out today. That was so, a little surprising. Yeah, I. but I'm like... I understand that you know Brock Purdy is the is is the is the hot choice right now, uh, Mister Irrelevant. You know, come in, did that. But how many games did he actually start at the end of the season? I can't even remember because I wasn't paying attention to San Francisco at the time. To me, that doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I, I, I don't think guys on the Steelers like well, you know, who were who are our top rookies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's why I, I, was... I, I don't think George Pickens, Kenny Pickett, Jalen Warren, I, I don't think they're going to worry about that too much because yeah. I think there's something else that they would much rather have. Okay. And, you know, if they do things the way they want to do them, maybe they will get a shot. And that is, you know, yes. Showing the boy. They, 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 they want, they, they, they'd rather have the ring because. I mean, I thought maybe George Pickens, but then when you see that the, the two receivers that they picked were the only two wide receivers, rookie wide receivers that won over a thousand yards this year. Yeah. That basically seemed like that was their what they did. Sure. So I I'm and, and and I get that. So, you know, I don't know that they were snubbed or anything, but there were no the Steelers were not represented on the all rookie team. Um, so that was some other news. So let's dive into cornerbacks because we talked about the cornerback conundrum. And 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 the reason I say it's the cornerback conundrum is it feels like more years than not we're talking about what are the Steelers going to do a cornerback? Yeah. Seems like almost every year, even when the Steelers had their number one in Joe Hayden, the question was, who's going to be the other cornerback with Joe Hayden? You had one year in there where you had Joe Hayden, Steven Nelson one year, and you knew it was going to be Joe Hayden, Steven Nelson the next year. Yep. Other than that, the questions come up a lot. So, as I said before, when we do some of these things, we're going to look back and then we're going to look forward because that's what this show was generally did during the week. We look back at the last game, look forward at the next to the next game. So we're going to, you know, kind of turn around and say, all right, so this is what the Steelers did at cornerback last year. Is it safe to say, did you get the feeling that the Steelers – I don't like to, to use this terminology, but I'm going to because it's what everyone else identifies with. That the Steelers had a, through a lot of number two cornerbacks into the mix to see if they had enough of them that it would work. Yes, I felt mm-hmm. that. I, I don't. I don't want to say the the number two cornerbacks. Cor- what I want to say is the Steelers took what they felt were a lot of good to serviceable corners mm-hmm. learned what their skill sets were tried to put them in some situations early in the year they spent a lot of time with some guys going in and out to try to figure it out until they found what they felt mm-hmm. was their best combination to work yeah yeah and honestly akella witherspoon barely played 
Um, he was injured. Was it week three he got injured? And only yeah. came back and played part of one more game. It was – I think he only appeared in four games this season. I, was, I could I look it up, watching, but I don't feel like it. <laughs> I was watching highlights of him early on, and he was not good. Yeah. You know, and that's – but notice that's what happened with him the year before. The year before, the Steelers traded for him. He came on the field, wasn't good, didn't even get a helmet again until like week 10. And then he came on and ended up leading the team in interceptions. And everyone's like, you can't live without Akella Witherspoon. And then this year, it just it just wasn't a good year from him. A lot of people are thinking he, he's a possible um, if you need to trim some cap space because it's not like the Steelers are 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 in dire in a dire situation when it comes to the salary cap. But you also don't want to continue to overpay people that you're not using. Yeah. So he's he's one that's a possibility, and other people throughout there. Cam Sutton, and we're actually, Jeffrey and I are actually covering Cam Sutton this week in our Steelers Vertex because we're going to go through and start looking at some of the Steelers' free agents, especially the ones that played the most, like the most snaps from the Steelers. And Cam Sutton's one you need to, to copy early because one of the things I'll talk about is his salary. He's still, he's still got $2.1 million of cap left to count against the Steelers. Yes. He still has $2.1 million of unaccounted cap space with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And that's because he's the he's the last remaining player that they that the Steelers during that unprecedented 2020 offseason where they had no wait, sorry, 2021 offseason because yeah. the cap went down from 2020. Yes. Where they used void years. Cam Sutton has three void years left on his contract, each with 700K spread out there. So he didn't count too much when he signed with the Steelers. Now, the, the report I saw, I'm pretty sure it was from SpotRack, had that the, that the date where, that, where his void years kick in is February 10th. That's a weird one. I'm going to go back and check it. They have it two days before the Super Bowl. When usually the date is two days after the Super Bowl, that at that point, the void years kick in, all three of the void years will all come due in 2023, no matter what, even if they re-sign Sutton. But if they re-sign him before then, those years stay on those, on, on those years, each spread out into those years. So if the Steelers are wanting to bring back Cam Sutton, it's going to be wise that they would want to do that sooner then later, but he might want to test free agency, which believe it or not, is actually then going to make it harder for him to come back to Pittsburgh in, in all honesty. Yes. Um, because you know, his, his dead money that would only be basically 700 K this year. And for the next two years after that comes all in at 2.1 million. So Cam Sutton isn't under contract. Um, Levi Wallace has another year. Same, got the exact same deal as Akella Witherspoon. Um, and to me, the way the deal was structured is like they might only keep one of them going forward. Yeah. What, what that's what, what I thought. That's you what know? I thought when they signed Wallace to that deal. Yeah. Like that mm-hmm. they may be competing for the spot the next year. Yeah. Arthur Millette was brought in on a two-year deal, and James Pierre is a 
I'm pretty sure I have to go back and double check it. I'm pretty sure he's a restricted free restricted agent. Restricted free agent, I believe. I right. don't know that the Steelers are going to tender him as a restricted free agent. I don't know that they're going to have to pay him. I mean, my goodness, last year it was it would have been 2.54 million. So it's only going to be higher this year. I haven't looked at what the number is. I don't know if they're going to want to pay him that much for for one season. I was surprised that they did it last year with someone like a Marcus Allen. Um but he's also a guy that they could maybe just sign to a different deal other than that before that they have to actually do that. Right. That's the cornerbacks. That's the cornerbacks for the Steelers. Um, like Josh Jackson was on the roster for a while. They, um, they, they waived him um, towards the end of the season to bring, to bring in another safety um, to bring up another safety from the practice squad. And then he got claimed off waivers by, I, Arizona, I can't even remember. It doesn't matter. I think, I think it was Arizona. Yeah. Um, so he's not someone who's around. So last year, the Steelers built their cornerback room in that way. How do you think that – what are your thoughts from the 2022 season with how the cornerback position played out? Um, honestly, it didn't play out that bad, really. No. Um. I'd say that we were, I mean, gee whiz, the, sec- the secondary as a whole was fantastic. I mean, they tied for the league lead in interceptions. Um, but they had, it was, there were times where I felt they were feast or famine. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's look at it. Let's look at when they had famine and when they had feast. Um, I had this up here. I got to make sure that I, I'm in the right spot. If you look at the past defense, let's look previous to the bye week. Um, the past yards given up. Now remember, this is also you know yards thrown by the quarterback minus sack yards. So week one, the Steelers gave up 299 passing yards, and that's with having seven sacks. So you know Burrow threw. You know, I could look up exactly what it was, but I'm I'm just looking at the team stat right now. He threw for over 300 yards. The Patriots threw for 250. The lowest passing output on the first half of the Steelers season was the Cleveland Browns threw for 205 yards, but that's because they ran for 171. Okay, but every single team threw for over 200 yards, and the Buffalo Bills threw for 432. That's that game that kind of threw everything off. Right. Now you look at the second half of the season. Now in week 11, the Bengals threw for 346. Other than that, the highest amount of passing yards given up by the Steelers, other than that Bengals game, 188 yards. They were the, the Steelers over the last nine games, every team's last nine games of the season, the Steelers were the fourth best passing defense um, in the NFL. And they were the number one overall defense in terms of yards over the every team's final nine games, with the exception of Buffalo and Cincinnati, because it was their eighth games. Um, but I did an average, so it didn't matter. Now, some of those teams you could say, wow, you know, they no no more than 200 yards. Well, they played a lot of rushing teams, but look at those teams. You know, um, like the Carolina Panthers, they gave up 181 passing yards and 21 rushing yards. And then the Panthers the next week ran for 300 yards. Um, even, you know, well, the, oh, of course, the Ravens in, in week 17, they only gave up 120 passing yards, but they also only gave up 120 rushing yards. 
So it wasn't like they were going absolutely bonkers. Now, the first time against the Ravens, they gave up to 215 rushing yards and only 94 passing yards. And that was why. So there was a lot more, quote unquote, run heavy teams and not as many pass heavy teams in the second half of the season. But still, to not give up more than 190 yards in any game, except for the one to the to the reigning reigning AFC champs, that's not terrible. That's not terrible. And it's more than just the cornerbacks that that comes down to. Right. But they're part of that that gets evaluated in that. So that kind of tells me how you said it was kind of hit or miss. That's the overall stats. Now, within that, were there any some game any game in particular that stood out with you that you thought maybe was a little bit more of a miss in there? Um, no, not, no, I mean, we I'm, know I'm trying to remember they're all running together. <laughs> I mean, I think the Cincinnati game was one that stood out a little bit more. The Cincinnati game stood out, you know, from early in the season, the Buffalo game. Um, no, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, they weren't, it wasn't even a game by game, it was even situation by situation and play by play as things went out. Yeah. Like you certain drives, it would just be like, we're, we're getting killed in the secondary. And then, then the next two drives were not at all. It's like, I have your perfect example. Okay. The first matchup against the Ravens at Akershire stadium. The Steelers doing all they can. All of a sudden, the defense is looking great. And on a third and long, it was like a third and 12 or third and 15 or something. It's like a 25-yard pass to Deshaun Jackson, who's just wide open standing in, in the in the quote-unquote soft spot of the zone. But you can be in a soft spot of the zone and still have people around you. And there was no one around it. Yeah. You know, it was just one of those like, oh, my goodness. You can – and it's, it's defense – as a whole is like this, and it's particularly passing defense and cornerback. You I mean, could go out there and play, make great play after great play after great play after coverage after coverage after coverage and mess up one time, and it's huge. Uh, yeah, I, I don't remember if it was that play or not, but there was one play like that during the season where the Steelers were in zone, but like, like somebody messed up, and I want to say it was a linebacker. I don't remember who mm-hmm. played man. Yeah that left somebody wide, wide open wide in open, what yeah. should have been their zone. Yeah. Um, they followed you know, somebody follow, out. Follow they, someone they followed somebody that they out of their with. zone. Yeah. But yeah. this one I was talking about, I'm pretty sure it was like James Pierre was the closest guy. But when you have a breakdown in coverage like that, and this is why sometimes scores like PFF is really tough too, You just because you're the closest guy doesn't mean it was your fault. And my goodness, you know, Micah Fitzpatrick, all pro this year. He didn't get anything last year. I think last year Minka Fitzpatrick got blamed for so many things because he ended up being the closest guy there, and it was not his fault. Yeah. Hey, I, I had asked something because I couldn't remember if we mentioned, you know, you were like going through our our corners that we had. Did, did And I don't remember if you did or not. Did we mention William Jackson? I did not mention William Jackson. That okay. was going to be going forward. You know why? Because William Jackson did not step on the field. I know. So we're going to talk about that one going forward. So um, real quick before I lose it, Steel Dog 88, <clears throat> he's $5 in the tip jar. Thank you so much. I didn't lose it. I didn't forget it. This is going to be a good transition into, you know, we. I, I wasn't sure if you were done, but I didn't want to lose the, the comment. We're going to no, get into this more. Good. He said, can you see the Steelers drafting two cornerbacks like in 2022 when they drafted two wide receivers. 
right now, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say no right now because the Steelers got a one, two twos, a three, a four, and two sevens. Yeah. Unless they want to throw another seven on a cornerback, they already used one higher. I don't see them using two high picks um, on cornerback. And, of course, this is going to be way easier to answer after free agency. Yes. Um, But, yeah. Now, if something happens where the Steelers get an offer they can't refuse for that first pick of the second round, where they end up trading back a little bit and pick up some later picks, then I could see that more as a possibility. That's why I said right now. Yeah, right um, now, right now, I'd only give that about a ten to fifteen percent chance of happening, but that could all change as we get into free agency and we see what the Steelers mm-hmm. do. Yeah, so because the Steelers, let's see, they have it is seven picks, right? A one, two, two, a three, and a four, and two seven. Yeah, they have the seven picks. Um, if they, if they end up with eight or nine picks, then I could see that a little bit more just because of, you know, exactly how they have it is the biggest thing coming in, into play, but also it's going to be free agents. So do you want us to talk any more about last year? Do you, are you ready to, to look ahead? Oh, um, no, I mean, I, I just do a quick wrap up of where I really felt like the, okay. the, the, the cornerback room was okay. The cornerback room was solid. Okay. You it, it was full of good players, but not pro bowlers. Yeah. It was and it was a group that was really good. Yeah. You know, I I, I don't even want to say just they were okay. No. They were really good. Yeah, they were good. They were solid. They weren't super splashy, you know, or flashy, you know. They, mm-hmm. But but you had a bunch of guys that were solid and knew how to do their jobs and did it. Yeah, it's it's one of it's you know, like I said, you know, tied. And granted, most of them came from Minka Fitzpatrick. Not most of them, but the majority, the biggest portion almost came from the, Vinkin Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Um, and two from TJ Watt of yeah. the interceptions. So you've got to say that the cornerbacks were doing something there. But it's one of those things where it almost seems like the the like the sum of the parts was more you got more from the sum of the parts than you did than from from the person. From yes. anyone, anyone person. They and it took some time to get there, too. It really did. And also the opponents didn't help either. You know, they, they had a better, they, they went against teams that didn't have the, the, the high passing attacks. Um, those were more front loaded in their schedule. So I, I, I can say that, see that for sure. Um, I don't like using the term. I, I mean, can, can I use the Mike Tomlin? Go for uh, it. Mike Tomlinism here, you know, but when it comes to the cornerback room. Is you going to use what I use all the time? Yeah, they didn't kill us. Oh, they didn't kill us. Oh, I thought you were going to say yeah. they took care of business individually and collectively. <laughs> That's yeah, because individually and collectively, he uses that all the time. Yeah, and I apply that to a lot of other things. So uh, th- there's a couple of different ways to look at it, and we're gonna we're gonna lead this into the philosophy for next year. I'm gonna tie this over, but first we're gonna go ahead and take our break. If you're here with us at YouTube or Facebook Live, 
Give us a couple seconds. If you're here on the audio, listen to an awkward silence and probably come back without anything there. So uh, stick around. We'll be right back. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, here we go. We are talking about the Steelers' cornerback conundrum. We're going to get into the whole idea of drafting cornerbacks in a little bit. But my question is this. Looking at last year and you're looking at what you could do going forward, was that philosophy good enough of saying, hey, we've got a lot of good, solid cornerbacks, no one that's great, but bottom line is you didn't have any one weak link. You didn't have anything, necessarily anything that was extra strong that made it to where it covered more than you would have otherwise. You know, the teams that have a top cornerback, a lot of times you can deploy them in a way where th- where it, it's they're they're covering more than the other than than others are. Not necessarily more area, but having a bigger responsibility than than others. Therefore, you they're 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 leaned on a little bit more rather than kind of dividing up the labor among everyone because that's kind of the level they are. Is it better to have that one strong corner and hope that your weakest link isn't so weak that it kills you? Or are you better off saying, hey, we might not have this, we might not have any anyone that really stands out, but our but our weakest link is strong. Yeah, yeah, it's, I'd say overall, Dave, what, what, part of what it comes down to, to me is this, is, you know, the Steelers last year had the highest paid defense. Yes. In the NFL. They, they kind of had to pick and choose where that money was being spent, right? They did not throw as much money at the cornerback position as they did at others. No. It worked out. Yeah. Could it continue to work out in that mode? If you build it properly, it could. Yeah. Um, I don't know right now that the Steelers know exactly how they want to build that. Yes, and that's the thing. Would it be would it be nice for the Steelers to have that that one corner that stands out above above the rest? Were they trying to get that at the trade deadline? Maybe. We don't know because he never stepped foot on the field. Yes. But I mean, do you think that's what, what they were doing, or do you think they were just taking a flyer? We'll never know because it, it didn't work out. And, and like I said, oh, well, the Steelers didn't lose their picks. The only thing is, is the Steelers now have, you know, they had a little bit less than $3 million that would have rolled over in the next year. Right now, the Steelers are a little bit, they've they've applied for just over $4.5 million that would roll into next year. I think it was just over 4 and a half or just under, right? Or I can't remember the exact number. It was four something. Um, they would have had another, you know, Two and two and three quarter million dollars to roll into next year's salary cap, because but they ended up pay, paying William Jackson the third to work on getting his foot strained down. Right. Yeah, they they may have been looking at that there. Who knows? Right. And, and moving forward, 
again, we may know more as we go into free agency and see what the Steelers do to see what their plan is. Um, we we may have a clearer picture. Yeah, well, we'll have a better picture of it um, through free agency. Seeing to the Steelers, what do they do? Do they resign Kim Sutton? Do they sign somebody else? Do they not really sign anybody? In which case, you figure they're going corner probably with their first pick. You know, it, possibly, possibly, yeah, or or one of those second rounders. You know, it, it, it's like um, exactly where they are deciding to go. I it's hard to say. Mm-hmm. The nice thing is, though, is we saw a formula this year that they showed could be effective. You mm-hmm. know, the. I'm going to hate to do it, but I'm going to bring it up because we talked about, you know, there is a connection because, because it's not just corner. It is the secondary as a whole. Yeah. Um, you know, did things change some for that secondary when KC came back off of IR and you could run that three safety and you could run yeah. some of those three safety sets. Um, or, or you could get into dime packages with six defensive backs and only be throwing three corners out there, yeah. three corners, three safeties. Um, then you can really implement what you're wanting to do. Are you wanting that third corner to be, to be an Arthur Millette, which is more of, you know, like a, you know, not even when they had three safeties, but I mean, when sometimes is that third corner an Arthur Millette, because you're really looking at it could, it, 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 based on the, based on the personnel, you'd have the extra defensive back out there, but you think it's more going to be more of a run look, or you have in the other one, be someone like a James Pierre that was out there playing as well. They they had a lot. They had so many pieces that they could turn on in the secondary uh, at the end of the season last year that they could just do so much. And you're right, KZ coming back really added a lot to that. Right. So you know, I, I you know, as we're looking forward, it's one thing to talk about all the different possibilities because there are going to be a lot. You know, I know folks were throwing out there early on when they saw, saw the topic, Hey, you know, are we going to draft Joey Porter jr? I don't know. Maybe we will. I don't know yet. Mm-hmm. Don't know if that's even a possibility. We may get a better idea on whether that would be a possibility based on what mm-hmm. the Steelers do as they're into free agency yeah. with this. But I, it's another one of those where I, I'm going to kind of, I, I, I don't want to say I questioned. Well, yeah, I did question a little bit, you know, because you and I talked all the way back that we seemed like we had a room full of number two corners. Yeah. And I don't like that terminology because, no, I, because the either. whole thing is like, oh, are they a number one okay. corner? Well, technically, we, if you're the best corner not, on your team, you're the number one. We did not. But it, it's arbitrary. Have, we yeah. did, Okay. Let yeah. me rephrase it. Okay. No, no, we I don't mind not, using it because that's what people use. But I know. But yeah. really, what we're, what we're really saying by that is we did not have a true shut down corner yeah i would say cam sutton was the closest thing we had to it mm-hmm. he played and, pretty good last year and, and, <laughs> he and, did and, you know you maybe you can even call cam sutton a shutdown corner yeah but he's not a top tier type of shutdown actually you know what he's really re- yeah mm-hmm. i don't even want to say it reminds me of but you know Go back a little ways and, and look at corners, okay? Um, Ike Taylor, we, we love that guy to death, mm-hmm. right? He was a great corner for, for the Steelers. Great interview. I love doing that one again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I 
I okay. gotta throw it back out there. What was he was he a true shutdown corner kind of guy? Uh some Steelers fans think that he were was. I would not necessarily put him in that category. Um yeah. But he he was a I would call him a shutdown corner, but not a true shutdown corner. You know what I mean? Like to me, Ike Taylor was the guy that in over half the Steelers games could take the other team's best receiver and shut him down. Yeah. But he couldn't shut down every receiver in the league. No. Right. And mm-hmm. what, when I think of a true shutdown corner, I'm thinking of guys like, you know, Deion Sanders and Revis Revis and in his heyday. Yeah. Yep. And believe it or not, in his heyday, Joe Hayden was kind of a shutdown. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's the closest thing that the Steelers have had to yeah. one on their team. You know, and, you know, since we didn't have guys that were, could shut down every, you know, that you, you thought could shut down every receiver in, in the league, did that mean that we weren't okay? You know, yeah. do, do, do you have to have, one of those guys. Okay. So I saw, let's see, M Marcus 39 said, Ike Taylor's not a shutdown corner. No, but I think everybody, but M, I, I hope you would agree with me that Ike Taylor was a great corner. Yeah. And at the time, he was the closest thing the Steelers had to yeah. a shutdown corner. And it was plenty good. Yeah. So, so here's my question. Let's say the Steelers do bring back Camp Sutton. Let's say they can get him back. Yep. Do you want to roll with him as your quote unquote first option cornerback? And when I say when I say that, I mean that's the guy that you know when you when you when you look at the snaps and and who you have out there, he's number one, and then some. Then to the next guy, whether or not they're shut down or whatnot, I'm not going into the whole thing that people like to call CB one and whatnot, because that's very arbitrary. What you consider that, um, you know, kind of whatever you define that as is up to you. But would it, just imagine, yeah, and Marcus or not, I Taylor was a solid quarter though. Yeah, but he. It's the thing is, is it's I'm, what you're saying, Rich. There, I, you know, I I agree with. What if? It's Cam Sutton who gets to be the guy across from the other from from the guy. Rather than Cam Sutton being the guy and having and being across from the other guy, what what if what if Cam Sutton is the other guy and gets to be across from the guy? That would be a pretty good Steelers defense, you know, a pretty good Uh, in in regards to quarterback, wouldn't you say? And that's why some people are like, well, the Steelers, you know, they could draft a a quarterback high. But then they say, oh, the Steelers can't draft cornerbacks. They're terrible at it. Well, you know what? Cam Sutton was a pretty good quarterback that they drafted in the third round. I liked what KT Smith said about this one. Brian Anthony Davis brought that up, and Brian says, no, I don't agree with that. The Steelers aren't bad at drafting cornerbacks. They're never in a position to draft a good one. And KT Smith kind of kind of brought that down as well. And he tied up really good. He's like, there are guys that are going to be drafted at the top of the of the of the NFL draft that are good cornerbacks that are scheme independent. They are so good, it doesn't matter what scheme you put them in. Yeah. 
And then you're going to have other guys, probably more, you know, towards the end of the first round and then the other rounds, that they're going to be good cornerbacks if you get them, if you draft the right guy for what you're doing, yes. for your scheme. Yes. And and I think that's true. And where the Steelers are picking at 17, I don't know how it's all going to play out. There's still so much to happen between now and the draft. I'm doing my mock draft Mondays now just to get names out there for people to think about. You don't know what – not only do you not know what the Steelers are going to need because of free agency, you don't know how other teams' needs are going to change because of free agency that are drafting before the Steelers. But this week, the Steelers took who – I've seen him on multiple places, the number 17th overall prospect, which is ironic that he would go in the 17th pick because that's not always the case. But this week's mock draft Monday was a cornerback, and his name – it's another Cam. It's Cam Smith out of South Carolina. That was a that was a cornerback. He's one. Uh, the one corner from Georgia. People would like. Um, I know his first name starts with K. I, I can't remember it. Some people were talking about, but then they're worried about how he kind of got exposed against Ohio State in the semifinal game. Um, then, of course, people talking about Joey Porter Jr. All through all these guys are cornerbacks that you might like one over the other. But the only way they're going to work out for the Steelers is if the Steelers get get the one that fits what they're wanting to do. Yeah. And I also have to say what they want to do, because I'm not saying he would have been a good cornerback, but remember the Steelers also drafted Justin Lane. Oh, wait, you don't know who that is. Lustin, Lustin Jane, Jane. In, in the third round. Remember that. And at the time they drafted him, he was a corner that might've been that, that was going to be more what the Steelers were wanting to do on defense. Jeffrey Benedict talks about this a lot. He said, and then the Steelers traded for Micah Fitzpatrick and everything changed. The cornerback that the Steelers wanted and had even drafted that year, that's not what they were wanting out of their cornerbacks once they were once they were able to get Micah Fitzpatrick. So that was just one of those things. So you can talk about if the Steelers could use corner, even if they're in their first round draft pick. The biggest thing isn't about who's the best one, is which one fits the Steelers. So if they because the last thing you want to do is get the guy that doesn't fit. Don't get the guy that doesn't fit. That could be good because next thing you know, you're it's going to be another story. The Steelers can't draft corners. But do you think the Steelers take a cornerback at some point in the draft? I, we already said we don't know that they'd take two, but they could. I think they're going to take one at some point, unless they go out and make and and do a bunch of stuff Correct. in free agency. Right. Yeah, but right right now, I would imagine that they do take a corner at some point in the draft. Yeah. Um, I'll ask you this, William Jackson, the third, is he going to be in training camp with the Steelers this year? Um, on his current deal? No, not no way he... they can do that. There's no way they can do that. No. That would be crazy. Yeah. He's either going to be gone and resigned to something better. Yeah. Something that's better for the Steelers, or he's just going to be gone. Honestly, they technically, they could extend him. They, I mean, and just say, Hey, let's sign you to a three-year deal. And, you know, a two-year extension that's going to be three years and then spread everything out and restructure all that. So they wouldn't have to do it by cutting him. Right. They could just do a new deal. Yes. Or they could cut him and then work out a new deal. Um, but there's no dead money with his contract is the nicest thing there. So, so the Steelers quarterback conundrum is, do they, do they do what they did this year and they have a lot of very adequate guys that did a great – I still think they did, especially how they finished up. I think they did a great job. Um, 
but I don't know that they're that it's going to necessarily get better based on who the players are. I don't, it's not like they're going to, I don't know that they're going to make huge leaps either. If they have the same kind of players, you're going to kind of get what you get. Do you think the Steelers do that scenario? Or do you think they go out and really try to say, Hey, let's, let, let's, let's get that. Let's get a big time corner. Uh, honestly, I'm going to, I think they're more likely to, to roll kind of with how they did it before. Do you think a lot of that hinges on being able to sign Cam Sutton? Yes. I agree. I think that's the number one. I think Levi Wallace is a, is, is a good number two corner. I think that he can get the job done. I think he's going to be, I think he's even better as the number one corner gets that is better. Yes. You know, so there's a lot going on there. And this is not my wheelhouse talking about, talking about cornerbacks at all, but it really is. What are the Steelers going to do going forward? They don't have a full cornerback room. They've got to make some decisions. I mean, they kind of have it, but I mean, a lot of people are saying, you know, they could see both Witherspoon and Jackson not being in black and gold next year, which very well could be. So there's a lot going on there. So here comes our big question. You ready for it, Rich? Ready. Okay, here's our big question. It's going to be very similar to last week. Now, I'm going to remind everyone – if, if you answer the question in the live chat before I type the question in, I'm not going to bring it up. You're going to have to type it in again. And we're probably going to scold you and make fun of you. Last week, everyone was jumping uh, the gun. Was it oh two, gosh, two weeks was before? Week? Not one person did. Everybody waited. But Well, you know, it was yeah. once, it, once the Steelers were totally out of it and you know, we didn't have Steeler football to watch last week, everybody forgot the rules. Yes. Yeah, that's what it was. Everyone forgot the rules. So so that's the rules. We're not going to be huge sticklers of the rules. We're just, we, we might say, oh, you got to put it in there again. But here's the question. So wait for me to type it in because Rich and I will answer it first. With Because we don't want to be influenced by you all. We don't want to just steal your answers. So that's why we give our own. And then you guys can feel free to steal our answer. But it's similar to last week. Last week we asked, where was the 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 backup quarterback for this coming year? Where he where was that going to come from? I'm going to give a very similar question. Rich, the number one cornerback for the Steelers in 2023, you, you know, the, the 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 one that's going to be the one that they hope to get the most snaps, never leads the field, stuff like that. Is that player either A on the roster as in they were in the on that's with the Steelers in 2022? So the answer of roster means could even be one of their own that they bring back. So that could include a Cam Sutton. Are they going to be an outside free agent? Is it going to be someone that they get in the draft? Or do you think it's going to be acquired via trade? Those are your four options. Roster, which also includes players that played last year, even though they could be free agents. Free agent, meaning someone from the outside coming in. The draft or via trade. Where do you think their number one cornerback for next year is going to come from? Uh, I think they were on the 2022 roster. Uh, hold on. I'm trying to type this in now. I was trying to be okay. fast. Like we yeah. People be, but um, <laughs> I have a feel, I have a feeling the Steelers resigned Cam Sutton and it's him. He plays, yeah. the mo- he plays the most snaps at corner mm-hmm. next year, just like he played the most snaps at corner this year. I'm going to agree with you, but I even think the Steelers could take a corner as the top 
even with their first pick, but not expect that person to be their number one in 2023. They want to get them out there and have them be the the number one for, for, for beyond. That's my thought that I think it could be. So no, I know some people might say free agent Sutton. We're counting, we're counting Sutton as being on the road because technically he's still under contract because of his void years. Um, so he's not a free agent yep. yet. So we can yeah. say, oh, people, we're ready. We're ready. Man, nobody jumped the gun that I see. And, and um, well, I mean, someone gave a suggestion, but it wasn't really answering the question. And everyone was ready. This is great. So let's go. Cla- Claude Bishop says draft, saying draft that guy and get him out there to be the number one now. Okay. Uh, Mark Malone also says draft. Uh, Wilson Pava says draft and wants someone specific, but we're not going there. Um, Brian, um, help me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Talon. <laughs> Brian. <laughs> I want to do. Brian. Thank you. Says outside free agent. Okay. Steelers Pittsburgh says free agent. Um, Jay Hanna says roster. Steel Dog 88 says roster. So so far, pretty even split. I threw the I threw the the extra one of trade because I didn't do it last week, and people were said, What about trade? So I, I put it out there. No taker so far. George Teston says free agent. Reginald River says draft. Um uh uh Dwayne Wayne, or sorry, Dwayne du- said Dwayne. Dwayne, there we go. Says on the roster. Um, Jennifer says on the current roster. Meaning, like we said, that still could be a Cam Sutton. Maybe it's Levi Wallace. We don't know. Uh, State of the Steelers, Daniel J says draft. Um, Alan Goddard says rostered. BF Bud says free agent. Uh, Thaddeus, hey, I haven't seen Thaddeus for a while. Um, Thaddeus, he says you. who it is, but he says draft. Um, Jerry Cherry um, says free agent. Um, Mike Sirajano. No, no, I said that wrong. Sirig, Sirig, uh, no, I'm sorry, Mike. I'm sorry. How about Sirig Nano? Sirig, that's I think you got (laughs) right. Yeah, that's probably closer. I butchered it. He says draft. Um, um, Oh yeah, because that's another one I never thought about. I'm going to bring this up because he 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 brought that up. Brian, who I can't say his last name, said, "Remember." It's not just Sutton. It's not just Levi Wallace. It could be William Jackson the third. It could be. And that's a, that's another option. I, I I didn't say that one. So thank you for pointing that out. Um, Carswell Carswell says draft. Um, Joseph Donovan says current roster. Um, Great one hundred three says probably draft, and then said a little bit more. Um, John Walter said draft, but. He would prefer to have something else in the first round. Um, Kathy Forrest says draft. Um, Jamie Carlo says draft. Uh, Thomas Riley says free agent. And Marcus 39 says on the roster. Um, Brian Brown says on the roster. He even said who he thought it was. Um, and if there any more trickle in, oh, um, no, no, these are just other thoughts of different people. Yeah, and that's right because it, it could wow. be said. <laughs> My, Apparently, I nailed it when I thought I was probably trying to butcher worse than you were. <laughs> yeah, no, you did it. I'm not even going to try to repeat it because that is me messing messing it up, um, just just because of things. So, um, if if any more pop up, we'll get here. Let's just remember our 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 whole podcast lineup 
Uh, Kari says free agent. Thank you. Um, is continuing to come throughout the offseason. There might Tyler W says draft. There might be a few changes here or there. Um, but our, tomorrow night you're going to have uh, Know Your Enemy. I still don't know if they changed the name with stuff that yet. With uh, with Jeffrey and Shannon, or who's scheduled to be there. Hopefully Shannon can make it. I know he's dealing with some um, with some some um, um, fa- family issues that could have him in or out. Um, so we, we keep keep Shannon our thoughts. Uh, McDave, McDave, I'm leaving it at that. Says draft. Um, um, make sure your um, Joseph Brown says free agent. Man, I keep rolling in. Um, you know this one. I'm going to bring up. You, you got to um, say it in a different way. I've seen it okay. come up a couple times. Okay, Bart Mackey says. What Basically, does that mean? Uh, roster, at least at the beginning. He means roster. Yeah, he says at so, least to start. Oh, he so, means at least to start the season. Gotcha. Correct. That's what he means by in the beginning. So okay, I, I think I, gotcha. I think if I got what Bart was was meaning by his comment was. Can't it, it could be Cam Sutton to start the season, even if the Steelers draft somebody high, and it could kind of start to look more like it's starting to transition as the year goes. Yeah, yeah, which is and very I mean, possible. And I like that people brought up William J- William Jackson III, but you you know what I have to say about his contract? Can't do it. No, you, you just can't do it. Can't do it. Nope, um, because it's it's just going to be too much for, for the Steelers. Don't generally pay that much for someone that the outside the organization, and you can't really count that he was in there. But um, but yeah, but make sure you're checking out our audio podcast. You're going to have a have a let's ride tomorrow morning. Uh, make sure you check that out, um, and of course, behindthecurtain.com for all your Steelers needs. Rich, are you ready for the? Yeah, I am too. Um, and what do you have to say here to close this out tonight? Yeah, well, if you want to talk playoffs, no, I don't want to talk no, no, we don't have to. No, I'm just saying we don't have to talk about Good. Um, yeah. you, you, you know, I, I feel like from last week to this week, I don't want to say, it's like the offseason, I already feel momentum for the offseason, meaning mm-hmm. that it's, it's feeling more like the Steelers are getting into their offseason business. Yes. Which is not as exciting as Steeler football, but, it but it's exciting. still the Pittsburgh Steelers, yeah. and it's still Steelers news, and it still gets me excited for Steeler football. And in the end, that's what it's all about. You know, everything we do from now until kickoff week one, it from here at least here on our on, on the podcasts is all going to be about getting ready for that kickoff week one. And to me, that just means, you know, it's months, it's months away, but you all know it goes faster than we think it did. I couldn't believe, you know, we talked about that wide gap we get in the off season last year, and I couldn't believe how quickly we got through it and we're in the training camp. Yeah. I really only had about a two-week period in there where I felt a real lull. And then we were back in the training camp and Steeler football and excitement and, you know, black and gold and coach Tomlinisms and all that great stuff. And we're going to be back into it again. I can't wait. 